0: In the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's uh, good to be here and to uh, share again. It's been a, a long time, it seems like, since I uh, shared, and, and that almost makes me nervous, you know, when how it is when you feel a little nervous about something but I trust that the Lord will will, uh, give us a good time I feel that the Lord has uh, given me something to share that is uh, that will be worth your time being here not because of me but because of what what the Lord wants to share find the right page here. I would like to have you turn in your Bibles to 2nd Peter chapter 1. I had a a different uh, message that I was going to speak about this morning and last Sunday when James told me that he would uh, like to share the uh, message that he had. Uh, he asked me something about whether I was ready, and I said, yeah, I I thought I was ready, but, but it's nothing pressing that I feel that the Lord was pressing me to share. And so uh, I was thinking along those lines, and all of a sudden, the Lord changed a picture for me. And... Uh, that's always interesting when he takes you a different route than what you've been thinking on for maybe a couple weeks. This, uh, to me, is very inspirational, and I think it will be inspirational for you. So begin reading in Second Peter chapter 1. It says, to begin with, Simon Peter. I would like to know this morning, or to ask the question, what do you think about when you think about Simon Peter? What are some of the first things that come to your mind when you think about this man? Opinionated, Opinionated, okay. Okay, that's another one. Quite a number of things, you know, that we can think of right away when we think of Simon Peter. But maybe Simon Peter is, is a man that uh, has a, a lot of things to say to us. You know, Simon Peter seems like he went through some rough times in his life. And what I would call hard times, struggles that he things that he struggled with. In fact, he struggled with one of them so hard that he cried. He cried for a long time. And the Bible says he went out and wept bitterly. Just wept because of the thing that he had just passed through, and how that he had denied the Lord. So a number of things that that, uh, come to our mind when we think of Peter. But Simon Peter became a very useful man after he turned his heart over to the Lord and became a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ we find that he tells us that, or Simon Peter, a servant. And that word servant has a different idea than maybe what we think of being servants of the the Lord Jesus Christ. And in, In the Greek, it would bring out the thought of a slave. Now, a slave is different than a servant in that a servant can usually change his master's idea or he has a lot to say uh, to his master, a servant does. But a slave has nothing to say. A slave is absolutely at the master's disposal. Anytime, anywhere, he is supposed to be there. That's a slave. A slave can't argue back like a servant can. There's nothing he can say. He is completely at the disposal of his master. So it says Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained light precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. So, when we think of, of him being a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, he is telling us what he is, and to, he's writing to them that have obtained. This word obtained means that it's been allotted to us, to all those that have obtained or that has been allotted, and when something has been allotted to you, it goes back to the Old Testament history where they usually chose things by the lot. And when it was given by the lot, it's just, it was the same as if you win something. It's nothing that you have done, but you, you won that, and you take it as a gift. So he says that a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained, and it's, it's not something that we have done or that they have done, that they are now disciples or servants of the Lord Jesus Christ or slaves. And he says that to them that have obtained like precious faith With us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Now, when he talks about this light, precious faith, we think of, of faith as there's a human faith. The human faith is when you get into a plane and you sit down in this plane and you cannot see the pilot, but you have faith that this pilot knows what he's doing. And so you commit yourself to that plane. That's more or less speaking about human faith. I was wanting to say there's nothing spiritual about that, but you'd better be spiritual when you get in there because you don't know if that pilot is going to have a heart attack or what. Anyhow, Peter is saying to them that have obtained, not by our choice, uh, or not by our works of righteousness but it's been given to us as a gift have obtained like precious faith and this is speaking about spiritual faith now godly faith through the righteousness of god and our savior jesus christ now this word obtained mean and and peter is telling it just like paul and and Peter, and and all the others, that word obtained means that it's equal in value to that which the disciples or the apostles had, equal in value. So no longer should we say that Paul, he was so much, he had so much more than, than we do or Peter was so much uh, look at the intelligence and and everything that he had in the books that he wrote he was so much smarter than what we are that's not right we have obtained equal value as what Peter did can you imagine that 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 is just amazing that he comes along and says that we are of equal value in honor and in privileges as the apostles and the disciples of Jesus Christ. In honor, equal in honor and privileges as what they were. Then he he. Uh, I think one of the reasons that he talks about this is because Peter was a man that opened doors. If you go back to Acts chapter 10, you will find him going to Cornelius' house and talking to the people there, opening the door for the Gentiles. And so some of these people that were uh, Disciples or apostles were Jews. So he's coming along and saying that you Gentile people are exactly the same place that the Jews were or are. say Equal value. The same thing. Isn't that amazing? And you know the history of of the Jewish nation. How that God worked with them like he did with no other nation. But today, the Gentiles come in and are at the same place, same value. So he considers us very valuable. Now, I think the church is very valuable in God's eyes. And I'd like for us to look at another passage, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. In this particular account that I'm going to read, Luke chapter 15 and verse... uh, Verse 8, I believe. I will start reading. Luke 15, verse 8. Either, now I'm going to do a little bit like, uh, I think it was Jason the other night. I'm going to read it. And then I'd like for you to close your Bible and I'd like for someone to repeat what was just read. And then I'd like to have a little bit of an open discussion as to what this, these couple of verses mean. Verse 8 of Luke 15. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, does not light a candle, and sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it? And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Okay, who would like to repeat what what you think, or or what that is saying, or repeat the the verses exactly as read? I don't, you don't have to do that, but. We would like to stand up and say what this what this is saying okay if we have no one i'm going to ask another question what is this saying what does this mean this this uh, this woman here. What's what's the, the message that we can get out of this? Anyone? Yes, it, it was found. And why was it so important to her? Why was this this what she had lost? Why was it so important that she swept the house, looked at every corner and crevice and whatever it was and lit a candle and went around looking for this coin. Why was it so important? Okay. Was uh, was this a poor woman? Would, would that have been one of the reasons that she was uh, sweeping the house and looking for this, what she had lost? Was she poor? Do you think she was poor? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. So that would tell us that she had limited resources, okay? Okay, thank you. I, I think that's right. That's, that's what this woman lost, was that she was looking for that coin that fit into her necklace that she was wearing. It was very precious to her, like Laverne was saying. She would have lost her identity as a married woman. Now, are we, are we all of the understanding that she was a poor woman? Exactly. Exactly the point. She had plenty. She was not, I mean, I'm not, somebody wants to believe that, I guess they can, but I don't think she was a poor woman at all. Because when you throw a party, it costs a lot of money. And she invited all her friends and all her neighbors, and they came in for this party. She had lots of things to provide for the party that she was having. She called all of them together and said, Rejoice with me. And when you get together and have a rejoicing party, like Betty always says, you know, when you have friends over, you give them food to eat. And that's just, that's the way it is. When we have a party, it doesn't seem right unless there's food there to eat. And we rejoice together. Have a good time together. And I think that's exactly what this woman was doing. She invited all the friends and just they just had a, a grand old time. A good old heyday, we would say. She found that which was lost. So what is the lesson that we should get from this then? That we should be rich or poor? Or that we should have necklaces or... It, what's it teaching us? Yes, it is. I think that's right. It's it's a good thing to rejoice when people get get saved when people receive salvation and are called out of that fleshly type of living into a spiritual. But I'm looking for another word that we can use to describe what this parable is telling us. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) For lack of time, I'm going to tell you what I think it is and what some other people think it is. She valued that coin the same way that God values each one of us. And Jesus went all the way to Calvary because God put value upon every one of us. You are a very valuable person. Going back to the church, then, I think everybody in the church is very valuable. And I think that's what Peter wants to tell us. Everybody in the church is very valuable. And there is no one in the church that should think of himself as being better than another person. Not that if, if that's the case with anyone, you have some deep repentance to do, according to what I read in the book of Peter. No one is better than any other person. Your gift, you may have gifts different than what somebody else does, and that's fine. That's the way it should be. But it's not that you're better than someone else. Never think that you are better than someone else. I think we find that in Peter. And then he says that Going back to Peter now, he says that uh, we have obtained like precious faith with them, equal value with Paul and Peter and John and Matthew, Mark, Luke. And then he goes on, grace and peace be multiplied unto you, verse 2, unto you through the knowledge of, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if we want to grow in our Christian life, and I don't think that we can grow very much if we, the only time that we seek God or read his word is Sunday morning when we're in church. And I think that's what, Paul, what uh, Peter is going to try to tell us here. That it, this grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge or your concept of who Jesus Christ is. Through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Where do you get knowledge? Knowledge from the word your personal devotions to reading this word is what is going to give us knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and unless that we have that knowledge those things that he's talking about that we should add to our life we're not going to experience and and later on he talks about all the promises that are found in Jesus Christ the knowledge of Jesus Christ. This is where you find that knowledge. And so, we could go on and and, and talk about some of these uh, things that, that uh, Peter talks about in verse 4. He says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Then he goes on and he tells some of the things that we need to do in our Christian life. Then he continues on down to verse 12. And now he says something that is also very important. He says, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance. You know how we teach something, how pastors, teachers and people teach something, it's like line upon line, here a little, there a little. You learn by repeated words. And it should be, our our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ should be such that whenever we face something, it clicks into our mind just like, like that. And I'm reminded of what Marilyn used to do at school. And she'd take these flashcards. And, and these children that went to school, as soon as one card came up, they knew the answer. That's the way our Christian life should be. You have such a great knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ that when something comes up, right away, up flashes the answer. The words of God. But we are failing we are failing if we think that the only Christian education that we get is in church. The rest of the time, I don't have time to read the Bible. I don't have time. I've got other things to do. You're going backwards if that's your, if that's your concept of life. All these things are given to us, these promises are given unto us by the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He says in verse 12, Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance. You have to remember, and it has to be repeated over and over again in order for us to remember. Now last Sunday, we had a good, good message, good Sunday school class a good message, and James headed up here on PowerPoint, but how many of you can say at least three different things that James said last Sunday, just right off the bat, three things, three things that James said last Sunday's message. we remember the picture that he had of that city up on a hill you know and how that people went saw, a person saw someone coming down along the mountain or the hill and that's the way they went in and destroyed the city so we remember bits and pieces from that message but it's nothing like what you have when you can take this home and read it in your bedroom or in your living room or in the kitchen. I don't know where you go to do your reading. But you can read it. Maybe not about that city on a hill that James had that showed us Sunday. but, but So it's, it's more than just going to church. Peter is telling us that. And and there were some people that said, oh, well. In fact, there are people today that say, I don't have to go to church. You know, I'm a Christian, but I don't have to go to church. I'd I'd like to tell you something. If I were to tell you, you'd invite me over for for, uh, dinner, us over for dinner sometime. And I would tell you, well, yeah, i I to the man I'd say, I really appreciate you, and I I thank a lot of you. And I'd like to come, but you know that wife of yours, I just can't stand her. You know, she's, I just can't get along with her. What would you say? Well, then don't come. If you don't like my wife, don't come. What do you think Jesus says? When someone says, oh, yeah, I like Jesus, but I can't get along with the church. You think he's saying, well, you're not coming. You're not coming to the feast, to the banquet. You're not coming because you don't like my wife. The church is the bride of Christ. How serious? How can we just say, well, I... I can't get along with those people. That's a, that's a, I don't know what word to use, but it's a bad thing to say. We need to be in love with the bride of Christ. And so Peter was coming to the place where people were telling him, ah, well, how can you, how can you say that? You know, and then Peter comes along, he says, well, what about these people that, that uh, I, I'm putting it in my words. What about these people that said this man had a certain experience and everybody wants to go over there because this man had an experience and we want to hear his testimony. Oh, it's some great thing that happened. Okay, so Peter is going to tell us a little bit about that. He says in verse 13, yea. I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Knowing that shortly I must put off this, my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me. I'm going to die. Pretty soon I'm going to die and life for me is going to be over with. And then you'll be on your own. So make preparations. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. Did you know that that's why that we take communion twice a a year? So that we remember those things. It's important to remember what Jesus has done for us. very important that we remember the things that the Bible tells us. If you go back into the book of Deuteronomy, where God told Moses to to, uh, tell the people when they get into the promised land that they should be careful and remember God, what God did in their life, lest prosperity fall upon you and you forget your God. Prosperity has a curse upon it. You know why? Because it makes you forget God. People that are rich don't think that they need God. They can get along without God. So it's very important to remember what God did for us in the past. It's very important for parents to teach their children over and over again the very same things. So that when they grow up and they hear something right away that pops through the, into their brain and they bring it out. They know what the Bible says because their parents have been been very diligent in teaching and instructing their children in the ways of God. Remember what God has done for you. Very important what remembrance does. Your brain has the capacity to store a lot of things. And the more you use those things that you store in your brain, the quicker it's going to come. Right away when they see those flashcards, the answer is going to be there. So that's very important according to what Peter is telling us. And then there were some people that thought, oh, when somebody has this wonderful experience, I mean, he's seen angels and he's seen this this glorious thing. We need to go and, and, and listen to him. But they were kind of false teachers. And Peter said, we also have a more sure word of prophecy and this thing is when we went with him up on the mountain on the mount of transfiguration we were all there and all of a sudden the light went away and Jesus came along and he touched the disciples and when, when, when they looked up they saw Jesus only And before that, it was Moses and Elijah and all those, I mean, those two people. And, of course, one of the disciples even said, oh, it's it's such a good thing for us to be here. It's so good to be in church this morning. Let's just stay here. Let's just stay here. God has been blessing us so much. That's what the disciples did there. But Peter says that we have a more sure word a prophecy than even that it's more sure we unto verse 19 we have also a more sure word of prophecy where unto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecies came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now, what more do we want than what Peter is telling us here? What more can we have? Some people even say, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm this great man of God, I have the Holy Spirit telling me this, and the Holy Spirit telling me that as if they're some great person. You can have the same things in reading the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. The very same thing. And even better than just some people that think that they're so much better than anyone else. You know. So Peter puts us in our right place. Paul does not say that I know what I believe. And some people Say that. I know what I believe. You know what Paul did say? I know whom I believed. Not what I believe, but whom I believed in. The Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, I think I... I... Uh, said everything there that i want to say so i'm going to end with that and just to encourage you again you know get with the word if you want to know the knowledge of god the knowledge of the lord jesus christ you can find it in the bible and this is where all those exceeding great and precious promises come by when you know when you have a knowledge of the lord jesus christ in knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. May God bless us as we continue to serve him. I see my time is up. So, let's bow our heads for prayer. Our God and Father this morning, we want to thank you for this another time that we can be together looking at thy word, looking at Peter and thinking of Paul and and all the others that were James and and all the other good people that are recorded in the Bible for our learning so that we can learn and understand more of the Lord Jesus Christ, of God, and the way that you work in the lives and hearts of men and women. Father, we thank you this morning that you've shown us that we are all very valuable even as this woman went to look for something that was valuable to us, to teach us a lesson how valuable we are in the sight of God. Father, we thank you for what you've done for us, that you came looking for us. We didn't come looking for you because you were never lost. And so this morning, we thank you for so great a salvation, for so great a life, for taking us out of the depth of sin and darkness and bring us into the true light of the gospel. The good news, it's almost too good to be true. But, Father, we want to thank you for it nevertheless. And I would pray that every person, every soul in this building this morning might be touched with your love, the great love that you have towards mankind in redeeming us and restoring us, making us whole,